You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 150 of the Canadians Connection podcast. We have a great show in store for you, but first, a word from our sponsor. Everyone's favorite time of the year is right around the corner, college football season. To celebrate, DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is putting new players in the center of the action with $200 in free bets instantly if you bet $1 or more on any college football game. Take advantage of this limited-time offer now. You heard right. DraftKings is giving all new players $200 in free bets instantly when you place a bet of $1 or more on any college football game, no matter what. Head to the DraftKings Sportsbook app now to check out all of the great promotions and daily odds boosts that they're offering. DraftKings Sportsbook is safe, secure, and reliable, located right here in the United States, so it's easy to deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN to receive $200 in free bets when you place a $1 bet on any college football game. That's promo code THPN to get your free $200 in free bets instantly for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania only. New customers only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Welcome to your Canadians Connection on Rocket Sports Radio. This premier hockey podcast featured on allhabs.net brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, with your hosts, Joe Whalen and Rick Stevens. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadians, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast. Hello there, everyone, and welcome to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Joseph Whalen. I'm going to be your host for the next hour. This is episode 150 of the Canadians Connection podcast, and I'm pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor-in-chief, the founder, the president of Rocket Sports Media, Mr. Rick Stevens. Rick, how are you doing today? Doing fine. Good afternoon, sir. You're doing fine too. I'm doing fine as well. I'm <laughs> I'm doing fine too. I see that you're wearing your Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota Vikings. Uh, I'm kind of um, I, I, I would say clashing today because I've got mm-hmm. my uh, Team Canada um, yeah. hat on, cap on, and uh, because oh yeah, because we're going to be I, talking yeah. about Olympics <laughs> in in uh, segment two. But my Vikings uh, T-shirt today because uh, last night. I had to uh, submit my keepers for our uh, wow. Rocket Sports uh, Fantasy Football League. 
Um, we have, we have, I think we have four different leagues and, and we'll tell you about it in the third segment mm-hmm. that, uh, you can get involved too if you want, but, uh, yes, NFL season is, is, uh, nearby. Uh, uh the CFL season is underway. Yeah. Um, and we're seeing, um, NHL players back on the ice. And, uh, so it, training camps are not too far uh, around the corner. This is uh, an exciting time for sports. That time of year again, yeah, where it's all sort of coming back around. So very exciting. That is for sure. And Rick, uh, we've got a very exciting show today. As you just said, the second segment, we're going to talk about, excuse me, uh, we're going to talk about the Olympics and who might project to be a part of Team Canada if NHL players are allowed to go and participate mm-hmm. in the Winter Olympics. And we might look at Team USA as well. And the other teams, uh, you know, the Montreal Canadiens, what former players, what current players might be a part of Olympic teams as well. And, and Rick, this is all very interesting because, of course, the Summer Olympics just wrapped up and we're just going right. to get right into talking about the Winter Olympics. It's going to be great. So Don't that's waste coming up. any time. Nope, not at all. And that's what we're going to do in the second segment. In the first segment, we're going to get to some roster news, some injury news, um, an interesting uh, prospect report with regard to a couple of uh, prospect defensemen. Uh, We're going to get to uh, an interesting article in The Athletic that talks about the Canadians' contract efficiency. So we'll get to that. And, of course, some NHL news and notes as well before we get into the second segment. But, Rick, before we go anywhere, we should probably mention – uh, today falls on, uh, we're recording this podcast, falls on Shea Weber's 36th birthday. Happy birthday to the captain, Captain Shea Weber. Um, there's been a few birthdays this week. There has. Um, Jake Allen, and uh, we saw him for his birthday. He was wearing a uh, gold Caulfield uh, t-shirt. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was Nick Suzuki's birthday. We saw his uh, his mom post uh <laughs> Uh, yeah. A photo of him in a Batman <laughs> costume uh, when he was uh, quite small. Yeah. And listen, if you've missed any of the news of the week, um, you want to head to Habs headlines. You head to allhabs.net yes. and look for our Habs headlines uh, posts. They come out Tuesday through Friday, and uh, they're a news capsule that keep you uh, abreast of all the news that. Um, just in a short five-minute read uh, that uh, you need to keep current um, as we we continue along this offseason. And yeah, there's just some fascinating things in those uh, headline posts up on allhabs.net, including, and and this will be a little bit of a tease if you want to go and read more (laughs) about this, Cole Caulfield has a beer named after him before he is legal in his own country, to legally buy a beer in his own country. That is... is mind-blowing yeah, it is and there's there's several layers uh yes. to that uh, story including one where uh, the proceeds go to a very worthy, worthy cause yes. and so you'll want to head to uh, allhabs.net and uh and check out the headlines post from last week absolutely fascinating stuff so definitely go over there at allhabs.net great content coming out all of the time um so uh, Rick, we'll move along to some roster news, and, and we'll start with uh, injury, an injury update. Uh, Ryan Paling, he is recovering from off-season wrist surgery. As we understand, Ryan Paling hit the ice this week for the first time. Uh, his season ended short with Lavelle. He had a terrific season mm-hmm. uh, with Lavelle. Um, and, uh, but he was bothered by uh, wrist pain uh, for the entire year. Uh, and finally, uh, as the season got into May, he talked to uh, 
uh, Glenn Kinney, who's uh, the the uh, medical specialist there, athletic sp- specialist there, um, and they sent him off for uh, an MRI, and it turned out that that uh, Paling had two torn tendons in his wrist, um, and uh, so he had uh, off-season surgery um, and uh, expected a eight to twelve week recovery, and and he's now. Uh, just getting some mobility and, and able to uh, get back on the ice. So uh, that's good news for, for Ryan Paling, and uh, he hopes to be 100% by the time training camp comes around. Yeah, all the best to Ryan Paling, somebody who, I mean, there's there's an opportunity there uh, if, if things go well for him, um, certainly to, to make the opening night roster. So hopefully things do go well for Ryan Paling there. Uh, and, and Rick will move along to... Uh, the Canadians, who have appointed uh, Adam Douglas as the Director of Sports Science and Performance. That was a position that was left vacant uh, by the departure of Pierre Allard, so they fill that hole. Pierre Allard uh, went, uh, we reported this a few months mm-hmm. back, uh, at the end of the season, he left uh, to join the coaching staff um, of Red Bull, Red Bull Munich, uh, a club that he had had uh, previous association with. And um, before he left, he prepared a, a transition plan. So, uh, the The whole uh, sports science and performance is a uh, is a field that that is growing and yes. um, is yeah. um, is is far more than just the strength and conditioning. Uh, it gets into areas of, of nutrition and and uh, on ice testing and metrics uh, and and. It's kind of the 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 sports science and performance is kind of the go between between all of the the different medical pro- professionals and the athletic mm-hmm. therapists and and the conditioning folks, um, and uh, uh, Pierre Allard uh, uh, decided to leave and and so he um, reached out um, to uh, uh, the the new appointee uh, Adam Dugna- Douglas uh, that was announced this week. Um, he had, uh, Adam Douglas had worked with, uh, Dom Ducharme, uh, for three different, uh, stints with, uh, Hockey Canada. And, um, and it was Pierre Allard who, uh, asked him if he would be interested. Um, Adam Douglas has a pretty impressive resume, PhD in the field. And, uh, so it was Pierre Allard who put Adam Douglas's name forward. They had the, uh, interviews uh, at the previous association with uh, Ducharme, and uh, and now he's he's uh, kind of hit the ground running. He's already had meetings uh, to talk about the upcoming um, season and uh, with Dom Ducharme, and also um, with setting up the uh, development camp uh, with Trevor Timmons. So um, this is um, this is this is a department that he's coming in to set up. Um, the other member, the, the strength and conditioning uh, coordinator was Patrick uh, Delaloud. Uh, he had been with the Canadians for the past four years. He, he's just been appointed uh, the associate coach of the McGill University hockey program. So um, one of the th- first uh, orders of business uh, for Adam Douglas is hiring a strength and conditioning co- coordinator for both mm-hmm. uh, the Canadians and for the Laval Rocket. Um, and then getting other staff in place to help them um, with all of these these metrics. And, and uh, the Canadians use a system called Catapult uh, that we've seen in action with the Canadians, with the Flyers, with, with Team Canada. 
where they have wearable sensors, and those sensors gather all kinds of information uh, about energy and stress and, and uh, then help uh, the, the coordinators decipher and, and interpret these metrics and, and uh, set out an individual training plan uh, for, for each of uh, the Canadians' players. So um, they want to be uh, proactive. They want to be predictive uh, to, to know, you know, if, if um, uh, players need rest, if, if they need better nutrition, whatever it is. And, and uh, so this is a, a key appointment, and it sounds like uh, they've, they've got the right guy in Adam Douglas. Yeah certainly does so yeah a lot of work ahead but it certainly sounds like the canadians got their guy um and, and rick will move on to the seattle kraken who who got their guy and with the expansion draft when they selected kale flurry uh from the montreal canadians and they have signed him this week to a one-year two-way contract it's nice for kale uh flurry yeah. um uh he he gets a, a new start with a, a brand new franchise uh he gets to play with his his older brother Mm-hmm. Um, Hayden, who was also uh, selected um, from Carolina during the expansion draft, uh, and he signed a uh, one-year two-way uh, deal. So he'll either be playing uh, in uh, Seattle or uh, the AHL agreement this year is with the Charlotte, Charlotte Checkers. Uh, Seattle sharing that with um, uh, the Florida Panthers. Um, from the press release, uh, this is what they have to say about Kale, and one of the reasons that they selected him. Uh, Kale is a smooth skater that has shown, even at his young age, to be a responsible defender who can play reliable minutes. That coming from uh, Seattle GM Ron Francis. We like his mix of physicality and puck-moving skills. We're excited to see him develop with our organization. And, and talking about the yeah. same kinds of things that we had, we've talked about yeah. when, uh, when um, talking, preaching the merits of, of yeah. Kale Fleury. Yes, yeah. And it was always a confusing case for me that he was sent down when he was. I knew that yeah. things weren't going as well as they were earlier in the season for him when uh, that was 1920. But uh, he was sent down and apparently did not have a whole lot of communication about why he was sent down. And so, uh, but yeah, a fresh start here for Kale Flurry and an opportunity to play with his brother, which is great. Um, so, Rick, with that said, we talked about a former Canadians prospect. Let's get to a Habs prospect report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.Report, your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens. AHL.Report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So, Rick, this week, uh, Matthias Norlander uh, began the exhibitions, ex- his exhibition season, uh, and he started it uh, with a bang. <laughs> you can say that again. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, and and this is, uh, he's, he's an important player for the Canadians because we remember Mark Bergevin mentioning uh, that um, that they'll give Matthias Norlander every opportunity to mm-hmm. uh, at at training camp uh, to show that he belongs on the Canadians roster. But he's got a bit of a head start. Uh, he's he's attending uh, Frulunda's um, uh, training camp, and and they started uh, their exhibition season uh, this weekend or uh, this uh, this past week. And um, yeah, first game, um, two goals. Two power play goals. Two power play goals. Two power play goals for Matthias Norlander, and uh, yeah, what a what a great start. Uh, 
the first one was uh, was a nice shot, uh, top corner, um, quick release. Uh, the second one, there was a bit of a scrum inside of, uh, in front of the net, um, and uh, he creeped in from the point, puck pop, popped loose, and he had a nice uh, tap in for his second goal. Now, unfortunately, uh, Frolanda uh, lost that game in overtime, but still an excellent performance uh, from Matthias Norlander, who finds himself um, with a couple of former Canadians uh, yeah. on, on uh, the Frolanda roster. Uh, you have uh, Ice Caps, former Ice Caps captain Max Freeberg. Uh, Freeberg plays uh, on the top line uh, for Furlunda with Joe Lundquist, uh, and we we know that name. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and uh, on on defense, um, Matthias Norlander is playing with former NHLer Stefan Elliott. Uh, on the top pairing of the Furlunda uh, defense. Is uh, and we remember him from a couple of years ago, Christian Folin, um, ah. who is uh, who is also there. So uh, both uh, Folin and and uh, and Max Freeberg can uh, prepare uh, Norlander for what he's about to face when he uh, travels for the very first time uh, to Canadians tra- training camp uh, in September. Absolutely, and Max Freeberg, a, a great leader, so um, <laughs> a great guy to be around for Matthias Norlander. Um, so shifting gears, Rick, to another uh, promising left shot defenseman for the Montreal Canadiens, uh, Jordan Harris, who explained his choice to return to NCAA hockey. So Jordan Harris is a defenseman who won't be at uh, mm-hmm. Canadiens uh, training camp in the fall. Um, he's going to finish out his uh, senior senior year in the NCAA and um, this decision was made um, some time ago. It was back in March. Um, we know the, the pathway that uh, Cole Caulfield took uh, to the Canadians, uh, where he finished his uh, NCAA season in Wisconsin, uh, briefly played a couple of games with Laval, and then uh, yeah. joined the Canadians uh, for the end of the season and for uh, a great playoff run. Um, Jordan Harris had the same opportunity, was, was given the same opportunity or the same, uh, choice, uh, by Mark Bergevin and he declined. Um, and, uh, not without, you know, some, uh, consternation and, and talking mm-hmm. with his family. Um, he just felt uh, it was best for him, uh, to stay at Northeastern, um, to, um, focus on his, his uh, academics uh, and finish his degree uh, going to his senior year. And he still felt, he had a great season uh, last year. He led the, the league for defensemen in, in points and in, in goals and assists. But he still, uh, there were some details to his game that uh, he felt that he wanted to improve on. Uh, so he's headed back to Northeastern as captain. Um, but just wanted to, uh, there was an interview with him last week. He wanted to explain, uh, there was, there's all kinds of discussion afterwards. Oh, he, he hates Montreal. He didn't want to yeah. be drafted. And, and he said that, you know, that, that certainly uh, couldn't be further from the truth. Uh, it's just for him, uh, for his future, for his development, that, uh, he and his family, um, uh, this is what they've decided and uh, the Canadians uh, put out a statement at the time saying that they were fully supportive of, supportive of his decision. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, there's obviously a little bit of concern there at when, you know, you have a young player like that. And we've seen it in years past where guys let that time run out and then they can sign where they choose. But 
this uh, this does not appear to be one of those situations, but there's still that level of concern that you would you would expect there. But but yeah. So Rick. with respect to that, and it's a good point that the Canadians mm-hmm. have until next next summer to uh, sign him, and and uh, given what they've they've uh, the statements they've made about mm-hmm. him, uh, we expect uh, that to happen. Yeah, uh, but uh, and and uh, he he made some interesting quotes, uh, and the the quotes you can find again in one of the headlines posts uh, of the past week at allhabs.net. Absolutely. So go ahead and check that out, and also be sure to read the content at ahl.report and listen and subscribe to the Press Zone Montreal podcast. Some great content all the time. Um, so so Rick, we'll we'll move on and and get to a very interesting article uh, that was in the Athletic. That was rating the the best and worst contracts of every team, and by doing that, they also rated which team has the best contracts and which team is not doing such a great job of uh, doling out contracts. And the Montreal Canadiens, uh, very interestingly, were 19th in that ranking. This was from by Dom Lucision. Uh, he he had them ranked 19th last season. They were 13th, and uh, he provided an explanation for that and. Uh, Pointing out that Shea Weber on LTIR means that the team is going to be hurt in the short term on the ice, but it improves the team's accounting long term. They do have a few long term deals, which are very hit or miss. Uh, Gallagher and Toffoli on the top line, they're top line caliber wingers and have very efficient contracts for the team. The interesting part of this, Rick, and, and we talked about this before the show, the, uh, the, the sentence that follows that, Josh Anderson nullifies that completely and then... Uh, Mike Hoffman, Yoel Armia being overpays on top of that. Uh, he does like the Jeff Petrie contra- uh, contract and thinks that that's going to age well. But newly acquired David Savard may be the opposite after the worst season of his career. Uh, but he does point out that he's been wrong with respect to defensive defensemen on $3.5 million deals. Hello, Joel at Joel Edmondson. And uh, yeah, so he does point out that that is something that the Canadians have recently done with a level of success. But at the same time, that does not save them in this ranking. They are still 19th, which uh, not not exactly where you would like to be. So it's it's and and this is this is more than there there is commentary from uh, Don Lassition, but but he is uh, for the athletic. Uh, he's their analytics guy, so this is a yes. model that he uses yeah. um, to uh, talk about the the kind of uh, season that that is expected, and and uh, uses evolving hockey um, and their metrics um, uh, for the worth of of uh, a player. Uh, and we should say that that uh, this is skaters only, and that this excludes anybody yes. who's on an entry level contract. So you're not going to find uh, Nick Suzuki in here, no. Alexander Romanov, Cole Caulfield, um, and and it excludes also any restricted free agents who have not been signed. So Jesperi Kotkaniemi, not yet mm-hmm. signed, um, he's he's not evaluated in here. Um, and and we look at uh, you know you look at uh, who's at the top. The Canadians at 19th, but who's at the top of the list? Um, and it's it's the the teams are there are driven by the contact contracts that are really good value. Mm-hmm. Obviously, um, Connor McDavid, Leon Draisaitl, 
they're driving the performance uh, of the Oilers more than uh, their contract is worth. That yeah. you know, they're get their their surplus value there is is the term that uh, they use in this article. Nathan McKinnon, Nathan McKinnon, and Kale yeah. McCarr with with Colorado do exactly the same thing. So you're going to find those teams uh, near the top. Um, for the Canadians, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, some surplus value. I guess Brendan Gallagher is, is the, the best value contract in yeah. terms of the model. Um, and, and, you know, hardworking players, uh, J- the Jake Evans, the Arturi Lekkonen's, yeah. uh, that, uh, even Matthew Perot is, is the new, yeah. uh, newly arrived <laughs> Matthew Perot, uh, helps out in that regard, but there's too many players according to the model at the other end and um and the the josh anderson uh the jonathan duran um and the david savard that in the the opinion of the model these these folks Mm -hmm. are are overpaid and uh there's negative value uh attached to uh their performance versus uh their contract um so it's it's just because of the era that we live in the the flat cap era, uh, and we heard that it may go up by a million, but next year, but that's not guaranteed, yeah. and it's not a lot of money. Uh, but a flat cap for three years, uh, GMs have to get the maximum efficiency out of the contracts that they they dole out. And um, you know when you're at nineteenth, um, according to this model. Uh, mm-hmm. You're not extracting uh, the best value out of the dollars that you spend, um, and and that's that's a you know kind of an indication of of uh, future performance. So um, there's some I, I think there's some th- some work to do, and we've talked about mm-hmm. um, how maybe um, Mark Bergevin uh, isn't finished yet uh, yeah. for the summer, and that. Uh, uh, maybe one of those um, negative contracts that uh, is identified in here of Jonathan Duran, maybe that's a, a file that uh, Mark Bergevin is still yet working on uh, to give uh, Duran a, a new start somewhere else and, and help uh, the team by, um, by, by, by improving that, that contract efficiency. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And yeah, when you look at it, I mean, there's the Paul Byron contract as well, $3.4 yeah. million. There's uh, he identified, as I said, Yoel Armia as being an overpay Mike Hoffman in the same boat. And obviously we'll, we'll wait and see how the players perform under those contracts. But the model does not like those contracts as of this moment. So we'll see how that goes. And but, really uh, yeah. doesn't like the Josh Anderson one. As, really, as really, really yeah. doesn't <laughs> like the Josh Anderson. And we understand that because it's and, yeah. and David Savard, too. And we talked yes. about that when David Savard was was signed uh, that there there's danger in that one if he doesn't mm-hmm. play a third pairing role if uh, there's danger in that uh, he's on the decline and and it's four years but it's the Josh Anderson one that uh, the model really doesn't like because of the uh, the inconsistency of the offensive production I suppose yeah so and that was something and we talked about this when when the trade happened i think you know we we had seen the writing on the wall with max domi and that trade seemed like a like a good change for both of those uh players but the contract was a lot it was a lot from day one and i think that josh anderson had a fine season but to live up to that type of contract is a hard thing to do and he is not the most consistent so i think that when we saw that in the playoffs uh, he didn't really factor in all that much until the third round uh so 
that's something that's definitely a factor there. But uh, but certainly an interesting interesting model, an interesting article. Um, but Rick, we will move on and we will get to some NHL news and notes. We've we've had the regular season schedule announced and now we have start times released for those regular season games. That's right. Uh, the, that just came out. Uh, and for the most part, um, the majority of the Montreal uh, Canadiens games, particularly the home games, are going to take place at uh, 7 p.m. There's no mm-hmm. uh, surprise there. Um, the Canadians in the schedule are going to play five afternoon games, uh, but only f- but uh, only one of those is at the Bell Centre. Um, the, the other four are going to be, uh, away. Um, and that, that only game, the only game that takes place in Montreal, uh, in the afternoon is Saturday, January 15th against the, uh, New Jersey Devils. Um, there's a couple of four, four o'clock starts on the 30th and 31st, um, um, when the Canadians travel to, uh, travel West, uh, for Anaheim and Los Angeles games, uh, the the uh, first time they'll meet uh, Phil Deneau. Um, mm-hmm. And there are some late games. And for the folks in Newfoundland, I know these ah. are always the bugbear. Uh, <laughs> there's the 10.30 games in St. Louis, uh, sorry, yeah. in San Jose and in uh, Vancouver. Um the the only thing here, and and um, I guess it, it just kind of stuck out uh, to me is uh, normally there's afternoon games on Super Bowl weekend. Yes, um, and the Super Bowl this year is uh, February thirteenth. Uh, now that's right in the middle of the uh, the the break that, which has been set aside for mm-hmm. uh, Olympic participation. If that happens, the Canadians will have a break from. February 3rd to 22nd. Uh, so there will not be uh, the traditional afternoon uh, matinee games uh, at the Bell Center uh, on Super Bowl weekend. Which that's that's a downer because those are some of the uh, my favorite games of the season. Um, and yeah, I guess and with the kids uh, in attendance sort of, too. It's, yeah, exactly. It's the nice. atmosphere is great and it sort of offsets, as you said, when they're on the West Coast. These are earlier games. These are matinees. They're over. Uh, you know, before the uh, the evening is even begun, and uh, the uh, other side of the coin is those West Coast games, which at least if if you're looking at things, uh, there are not they're not in the same division as Calgary and Edmonton and Vancouver. So at least that is something that's going to be uh, you're going to see less of of that than you did uh, this past season, which mm-hmm. will be a bit nice. But yes, yeah, so yeah, it's funny uh, to look through the yeah. the schedule and seeing a different team every night. Yes, <laughs> rather yeah, than the the three game the series, ten, yeah, <laughs> and yeah, playing ten against the Leafs, ten right. against the Sens, and yeah, so to to have some different teams to be uh, reintroduced to the Boston Bruins, that's going to be a fun time, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> or maybe not. Uh, but anyways, Rick, we'll we'll move on, and and there's some um, interesting news that came out yesterday. Uh, the NHL's updated the vaccination requirements. For all teams, and, and this is a tweet uh, from Elliot Friedman saying the NHL sent a memo updating vaccination requirements to its teams. Any person whose job, position, or access entails or entitles them to have personal interactions within 12 feet with club hockey operations uh, personnel, including players, are required to be fully vaccinated. There are some limited exceptions, 
such as valet parking attendance, NHL, NHLPA protocols for players are not yet completed. So, yeah, Rick, uh, some very interesting news dropping yesterday. Very interesting. And um, it's 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 going to be interesting to see these requirements. We we see this uh, coming out uh, from Elliot Friedman. Um, and there was apparently a phone call um, this week, um, and uh, NHL play, NHLPA had a uh, an information session with their players and said that uh, they they provided a caution to the players, saying that they could lose pay uh, if they if they miss time uh, due to COVID and they're not vaccinated. Um, and uh, also um, said that they they might be uh, might run the risk of not being American players with U.S. teams may not be able to travel to Canada if they're unvaccinated. Um, so uh, that's interesting. The other part of it is uh, that's the protocol with respect to the players. Uh, but we've seen uh, some of the teams starting to come out with protocol with respect to fans. Uh, and we saw that in, in Winnipeg this past week. Uh, they sent out a, a statement from uh, True, North, True North Sports and Entertainment, which uh, owned the, the Jets and said that, um, that any, any, any fan, um, they call them guests, uh, any employee, any event staff will, required, will be required to uh, be vaccinated to enter the building. Uh, so uh, they they hope to while they're planning on uh, opening their building to full capacity, uh, but that would require fans to be vaccinated. They also uh, it'll be mandatory in addition to wear masks while you're in the building. Um, so th- that policy, as I said, affects all fans, all employees, all event staff, um, and we haven't heard anything from the Canadian Jet, but uh, yeah. we'll see how they follow up. And of course. A lot of these policies are going to be affected by uh, provincial jurisdictions and health uh, rules. Um, so that these are coming, and and uh, and I know that it's causing some controversy. Uh, but but the NHL is uh, is laying this out in advance, so everybody yeah. is aware. Yeah, and yeah, we did as you pointed out. Yeah, we did see that from the Winnipeg Jets this week, and it's becoming more and more sort of uh, it's becoming more and more the center of, of where things are going. These organizations laying out their protocols for how they're going to handle things. So, yeah, very, very interesting. Um, so, Rick, uh, we'll move on and, and get to some uh, very unfortunate news that broke earlier this week. Uh, that is Hall of Fame uh, goaltender Tony Esposito uh, died of, of patriotic, uh, pancreatic cancer Excuse me, on Tuesday at the age of 78 very sad news, and it came very quickly. Um, yeah. His diagnosis, uh, you know, wasn't out very long, and and uh, then quietly, um, um, the 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 family and the Chicago Blackhawks made the announcement, um, which surprised many of his former uh, teammates because uh, he he you know you 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 think of someone like Dale Howarchuk who spent a yeah. lot of time reaching out to to people before his passing, and Tony O. Uh, was a quiet guy, um, not when he was on the ice, but but uh, in private life he was he was very quiet and didn't want to burden people. And um, it's um, uh, there was a statement from uh, Commissioner Gary Bettman saying Tony O was a fierce competitor who also took great pride in being an entertainer 
whether it was pioneering the butterfly style during his playing days or interacting with fans across the league as one of the game's great ambassadors. Uh, he was uh, had an, uh, quite a personality. Mm-hmm. Um, he uh, his his idol was Glenn Hall, who who developed the uh, butterfly, and uh, and and they say that uh, Tony um, uh, perfected it and and made it popular. Um, Tony uh, Esposito was a member uh, of the Montreal Canadiens. Yeah. Um, after he left, um, he, he went to. Grew up in Sault Ste. Marie, went to Michigan Tech, uh, an NCAA uh, career, um, and and maybe the lesser uh, known of of the Esposito family. Yeah, um, and uh, Phil Esposito, of course, um, with the Blackhawks and with the Boston Bruins and with Team Canada, and and with, yeah. it should be said. Uh, Tony Esposito with Ken Dryden split the duties uh, for the 72 Summit Series. Yeah. But uh, Tony Esposito was a part of uh, the 68-69 Montreal Canadiens. He has his name on the Stanley Cup um, because uh, the tandem was uh, Gump Worsley, uh, Rogie Vashon, uh, and Gump got... uh, was... um, was uh, injured and uh, Rogie played the the final and... and, uh, Tony Esposito was uh, was the backup, um, but he played 13 games. Uh, Tony Esposito did for the Canadians uh, in the 68 uh, 69 year, and uh, uh, he, he his first game was against the Boston Bruins, and that meant it was against older brother Phil. Yeah, game ended two to two, and uh, Phil Esposito told the story um, that uh, right after that game. Um, that he got a call, Phil did, from uh, their parents. Um, and he said they wanted to know how Tony did uh, in the game. Ended 2-2. Um, and he said, I told him good, real good. He got the second star. Francis, my mother Francis, asked, who scored the first goal against him? I told her, Mom, uh, I did. <laughs> she said, well, that's okay. You're his brother. Then she said, um, um, Phil, who scored the second goal? I said, well, Mom, um, I got that one too. <laughs> Mom said, how the hell can you do that to your brother? And she didn't talk to me for two weeks. <laughs> uh, competitive, uh, the, t- the two brothers always were. And uh, Tony Esposito, a member of the Hockey Hall of Fame, a tremendous competitor uh, and, uh, and quite a character and and. Uh, and we, we send our thoughts out to uh, yeah. his family who are grieving at this difficult time. Absolutely. And yeah, it would, uh, you know, they always say that parents of goaltenders a little bit protective of, uh, <laughs> of the goaltender uh, in their family. But yes, absolutely send nothing but the best to Tony Esposito's family and anyone who knew him who is uh, obviously grieving at this point in time. Um, so, Rick, um, we'll we'll take our break here, uh, and when we come back, we're going to dive into the NHL participation in the Winter Olympics, if that will be the case, and what Team Canada, what Team USA, what other teams might look like if that is the case. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Rocket Sports Media is currently recruiting talented, motivated, and committed people to join our team. If you're a student wishing to gain experience, 
a young professional interested in broadening your credentials, an experienced hockey mind looking for a platform to share your expertise, or a passionate fan looking to contribute to our publications by connecting with fellow hockey fans, we want to hear from you. If you are bright, loyal, passionate, and willing to dedicate yourself to a remarkable team, visit allhabs.net and click the Join Our Team tab today. In every city around the world, sports fans flock to popular watering holes to share a few pints, some good grub, and to cheer for their team. Think your favorite sports bar deserves to be recognized? Or are you traveling to a new place and need to find the perfect spot to watch a game? HockeyPub.com is the answer. Find out where the best spots are in your city to eat, drink, and meet fellow fans. HockeyPub.com. Want the latest Habs news with game previews, reviews, and highlights? How about full coverage of development camps and special events? Looking to follow the Laval Rocket more closely this season? Perhaps you'd like to learn more about team prospects. Would you like a place to socialize with hockey fans all over the world? We've got what you're looking for at allhabs.net, the place where you'll find everything you need to be the most informed and connected Habs fan around. Allhabs.net. And welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. I'm Joe Whalen. You can find me on Twitter at JoeWhalen19. And with me in studio is the president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can follow him at All Habs on Twitter. And you can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And visit our website over at CanadiansConnection.com. Um, so, Rick, this week we decided to tackle the conversation of what happens if NHL players are allowed to go participate in the Winter Olympics again? Because, of course, in 2018 in Pyeong- Pyeongchang, that did not happen. Um, so if NHL players are permitted to go, there is a bit of a provision in the schedule that, you know, should players be there? There's a bit of a break in the NHL schedule. We saw this week Team Canada announced the coaching staff for, team, uh, for the team if they go. Um, so it seems like a very natural time to start to see what this roster might look like. Absolutely. And, um, we should say that, that, uh, the players given their, uh, preference would be there. They want to yes. go players mm-hmm. want to go to the, the Olympics, uh, the league, the owners, they're worried about, uh, injury. Insurance, they're worried yeah. about shutting down the, the, the season and the momentum, yeah. Uh, they're worried about uh, the fact that um, they, they want to get uh, uh, access to showcase their players, and oftentimes uh, they can't get footage and those kinds of things. So uh, there's still some things to be negotiated. But, but yes, as you said, um, because the schedule came out with that big gap in it uh, for the Canadians from the 3rd to the 22nd of February, uh, because uh, um, the the Team Canada leadership folks were... were uh, Announced, we thought this was uh, the perfect time to talk about it, and uh, and and let's let's talk. We we knew the the general manager and and the multitude of uh, assistant general managers already. We knew that already, but uh, it was the coaching staff that was announced. J- just to recap, um, this is um, 
general manager Doug Armstrong, who uh, is uh, responsible for Team Canada, the brain trust that uh, that they have put together has associate GM Ken Holland from the Oilers, assistant GMs Ron Francis uh, from the Kraken, Roberto Luongo uh, from the Panthers, and Don Sweeney from the Bruins. Um, and the coaching staff that was announced this week, well, Stanley Cup winner uh, for the past two, two years, John Cooper from the Lightning, that seems like a pretty good choice right there. Um, the uh, team that the Canadians met in the semis uh, uh, was the the Vegas Golden Knights, uh, and uh, Pete DeBurr will be an assistant coach on Team Canada. Um, one of the other teams uh, in that uh, that uh, made it pretty far in the in the playoffs were the New York Islanders. So Barry Trotz will join the group, and uh, Bruce Cassidy uh, filling out the roster from the Bruins. Uh, so that's uh, that's between the the GMs and the uh, and the coaching staff. Uh, that's a pretty impressive uh, group. Yeah, uh, that Team Canada has put together. I mean, yeah, to have Barry Trotz as an assistant coach, you're in pretty good shape. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so, with that in mind, Rick. Um, it's become sort of there was a talking and, and we talked about this before the show. One of the talking points that surrounded that semifinal matchup you talked about, if we can start, I think goaltending might be a good place to start sure. here with what Canada might look like. The conversation that that was sort of being had in and around that semifinal matchup was, OK, well, whichever goaltender makes it out of this matchup, Montreal versus Las Vegas, with Carey Price going head-to-head with Marc-Andre Fleury, that would figure to be the favorite Mm -hmm. for Team Canada to be the number one guy. And, of course, that was Carey Price. And Marc-Andre Fleury didn't even finish the series. They went back to Robin Leonard a couple times instead. So it would would be... um, A lot for, I think, a lot would have to go wrong for Carey Price not to be there as the starter given the fact that you go back to 2014 he backstopped Canada to a gold medal then he just had this performance in the playoffs Carey Price if NHL players are going would figure to be the number one option for Team Canada and we go back to that uh, that brain trust Um, yeah we know that Roberto Luongo uh, and his respect for Carey Price we know uh, the words of, of Pete DeBoer um, at, at the end of the semifinals about uh, Carey Price. And we, we know the words from the, the handshake line, uh, yeah. John Cooper, and, and, and the respect that he has uh, for Carey Price. Um, so, uh, yeah, it would, it would almost have to be a, an injury situation uh, or, or something unforeseen uh, for Carey Price not to be... Uh, the, the number one goalie headed into uh, the, the, the selection of the, the team here. Yeah. And then when you get into the conversation about second and third, I mean, Marc-Andre Fleury is probably there. I mean, he's had, you know, obviously won the Vezina this past season, so it, it would make sense there. And then you get to the third goalie, and there seems to be a lot of love for Darcy Kemper. And we've had a conversation before the show. We might lean towards a, a younger guy who would soak in that experience and then benefit from that for 2026 if NHL players are there in 2026. Yeah, I, I think that uh, that's always the, you know, you have to look ahead to um, adding uh, players to give them some experience, particularly when you're talking about uh, a third goaltender, because 
um, in in such a short series, a third goaltender is not going to be a factor, other than to to provide experience uh, for the for the next time the Olympics run around in four years. Um, so um, yeah, we we looked at the lists. Uh, from uh, Craig Button and and from Mike Johnson, they they both, as you said, have a lot of love uh, for Darcy Kemper. Uh, I think we you mentioned Carter Hart, uh, and and Carter Hart is is certainly uh, someone who is has done very well in international competition uh, at a young age. Uh, had a rough season last year, and if he can get back on track at the start of this season. Um, then he's got to be considered. Mackenzie Blackwood is another goaltender uh, that you think had will likely play a factor in 2026 with with Flurry, um, you know, likely not being there. And we'll see what happens with Price. Uh, so you want to give either a, a Carter Hart or a Mackenzie Blackwood that that experience and that uh, that exposure to uh, the whole environment. Um, and and. I think if it were if if we were choosing, that's where we yeah. would uh, come down for the third goaltender. Yeah, for sure. And you know, Carter Hart had a had a rough season last year. Of course, uh, we know that. And and the defensive play in front of him in Philadelphia was not where you would like it to be, and that was a factor there. But yeah, we'll we'll see how it all shakes out with respect to that. But a younger guy in that position, I think, would benefit more. And that's. You know, that's all about your your international program. When you're back in 2026, presumably you're going to want to have a guy who's got a little bit of that experience. And uh, uh, yeah. when you mention experience, um, obviously Mark Andre Fleury has has a ton of experience, but mm-hmm. he has not played internationally no. um, since uh, the 2004 World Juniors. So, mm-hmm. uh, will that be a factor in whether he's uh, added to the roster or not? Yeah, and the the infamous. I mean, we talk about the the Josh Anderson blunder in the <laughs> semifinals. Uh, pretty infamous one there from Mark Andre Fleury. That has not defined his legacy by no. any means. He's a three time Stanley Cup champion, uh, but or two time no three time. Uh, anyways, uh, moving on, Rick. Um, I think defensively, uh, it gets interesting for this team because there's going to be a changing of the guard. There's going to be. Yeah. I mean, 2014, of course, that was that was seven years ago. Uh, the guys that were there that played prominent roles, including Shea Weber, they're not going to be there this time around. Uh, you will have Alex Petrangelo as a holdover, uh, but you have a younger um, group of defensemen that are going to be uh, leading the charge defensively, and, and that includes a guy like Kale McCarr, Shea Theodore, I mean, Morgan Riley is probably Dougie Hamilton, the prized, the biggest fish of this uh, past free agency. So there, there's a lot of options there for them, but they're going to be new faces for international hockey. Well, with uh, well, at least to the Olympics, I should say. Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah. So I, I know that that uh, Craig Button still has some some love for Drew Doughty. I don't see. Mm-hmm. Uh, them going in the direction of, as you yeah. said, they're moving on from a Drew Doughty or a Duncan Keith, or uh, and obviously uh, Shea Marco. Weber being injured this year. Yeah. Um, so uh, yeah, it's going to be exciting to 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 see this this transition to the, to the young uh, puck movers uh, and maybe the guys like Jacob Chikrin. Um, Aaron Eckblad, if he's if he's ready to go, uh, Thomas Shabbat, uh, all of those will be considerations in addition to what we'd have to consider locks, as you said, 
Petrangelo, uh, Makar, Hamilton, uh, Shea Theodore. Uh, those once you start locking in uh, those guys, there's not many spots left. Yeah, and I mean, once you get to that conversation, I mean, you have a guy in Darnell Nurse who was tasked with playing over an hour in a playoff game for the Edmonton Oilers, who is an absolute uh, monster back there for them. You have Thomas Shabbat from the Ottawa Senators, who's tasked with something similar with them, who plays a lot of demanding minutes. Adam Pellick, of course, uh, he's a guy that that uh, Mike Johnson likes and has on his roster jared spurgeon is an interesting one not sure he's also mm. on johnson's roster I'm, I'm not quite sure about that one um but you know there there are options here rick and uh two guys i think in shabbat and darnell nurse who may end up fighting for the same spot who do similar jobs for their teams who have got a, a nice resume to this point in their young careers and it'll be interesting to see uh how that sort of shakes out there and then the embarrassment of riches at yeah. forward. <laughs> and this, Rick, I think is where this would be this generation's 87 Canada Cup. If you get to see Connor McDavid and Sidney Crosby on the same team, not yeah. necessarily playing together all of the, but they're going to play together at some point. And to do it at the Olympics would just be even that much more. And, you know, both of these guys, Craig Button, Mike Johnson, they have the uh, Brad Marchand, Sidney Crosby, Patrice Bergeron line that has, for whatever reason, always just really clicked. And I think, you know, for Crosby and, and Bergeron, that goes back to 2005 and the World Juniors there. Uh, but Brad Marchand has just found a way to be the third wheel or, I mean, I guess maybe not the third wheel, but <laughs> to be the third guy on that line that manages to produce. When you get to the conversation of who plays with Connor McDavid, that gets interesting. Uh, would it be a guy, perhaps Nathan McKinnon, who is also going to be, you know, like these are the types of conversations you can have about the Team Canada Olympic roster. And yeah, as you said, in an absolute embarrassment of riches. Um, yeah, that the the line that uh, the top line on uh, on Button's roster, Connor McDavid, Jonathan Huberdeau and, and Nathan McKinnon. Uh, unbelievable. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what a great line that would be. Um, and, and that Crosby line, that's almost a given of, of being together. Are they your second line? Are they your third line? Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the kind of, of talent that, uh, when you start talking about, you know, Nathan McKinnon and Mark Shifley, um, and, and, uh, Braden point and, and, uh, one and Mitch Marner and, and, yeah. uh, not even on, which I, th I think is a mistake, uh, by uh, by Button and uh, and Mike Johnson, Stephen Stamkos isn't anywhere to be yeah. seen, and and you got to think that he would be uh, someone you'd want to have on your Olympic roster, particularly uh, with uh, John Cooper as as the head coach. Yeah, and and as I, we pointed out, we had the conversation. I don't know that the Tampa Bay Lightning want a repeat of what happened in 2014 when when Martin St. Louis, when Marty St. Louis was left off the 2014 roster at first, and yeah. you know that the deterioration of the relationship between St. Louis and Steve Eiserman. I mean, that was at a point in time in St. Louis career, he was older. Uh, so they could, you know, uh, reason it away. It was conceivable that Marty St. Louis wouldn't be on that team, but it still affected that relationship tremendously. Steven Stamkos in the prime of his career, the captain of the Tampa Bay lightning 
there, you know, if it's, if it comes down to that decision, he's not going to be, and he makes it on his own merit anyway. So yeah, it's not even that, sure. you know, so like when you look at this roster, both of both button and Johnson have Ryan O'Reilly on this. If you have him as your fourth line center, the defensively responsible fourth liner, and you have, you know, Steven Stamkos playing third line on the wing at center, you know, probably more at, at, at the wing, but you know, you just have options here. So, and then the power play, if you want to have a, a threat like Steven Stamkos, of course you do. And uh, you mentioned uh, the defensively responsible uh, folks, uh, which would include O'Reilly, would in- probably include Sean Couturier, might yes. even include uh, Mark Stone, uh, who can uh, play both yep. power play and, and penalty kill. And, and uh, so there's... Uh, we haven't even talked about John Tavares, um, so and Matt Barzal. Um, yeah. There's uh, there's all kinds of options uh, for this team, and and uh, it's going to be interesting to see um, how they how they put together the puzzle uh, to make sure that there's going to be some uh, some instant chemistry, which is going to be needed in a short tournament like this. Absolutely. And that's where you depend on a line like Crosby, Marchand and Bergeron that's had the Mm -hmm. prior experience in international play. But Rick, one interesting thing is on Craig Button's roster. And this is something that I've I've brought up and I've I've sort of thrown out there a little bit to uh, to some of my friends. Um, Nick Suzuki as a potential dark horse for Team Canada, perhaps not the most likely outcome, but I think the stock it rose in the, in the in the playoff run and then if he comes in and has a good start to the season i mean it's uh it, there's there there might be an argument might not be a winning argument but there might be an argument there a long shot for sure a very yeah. long shot and he'd have to uh, you know come busting out of the gates uh when when october comes around uh but he is uh, a two-way player uh, who can play both sides of the ice and and uh um, you know, we're going to, we'll, we'll, we'll be mentioning, uh, Canadians participation in this, uh, if not for, uh, 2022, um, Nick Suzuki has to be a consideration, uh, for 2026. Absolutely. Yeah. That, that much is, uh, for certain. Um, but, but Rick, I think, uh, might be a good time to move on to team USA. Um, and Rick, this is where it gets uh, very interesting because having Team USA and, and Emily Kaplan laid it out, um, what Team USA's roster might look like, and this is scary. Uh, to, you know, you you know that Team USA they've got uh, you know the same embarrassment of riches. Uh, having it laid out in front of you is a different experience altogether because when you think about the fact that you have Connor Hellebuck and, and John Gibson as the potential one-two punch between the pipes, I mean, that that might be as good as it gets uh, in this tournament uh, if players are allowed to go, of course. We're, we're, we're working with that assumption. Uh, and then you get to the defensive side of things and you add Quinn Hughes and Adam Fox to a group that already included John Carlson and, and Charlie McAvoy as well, to a group that already included John Carlson and Seth Jones, Ryan McDonough. You know, you have Zach Wierenski in there. There is just so much talent. And then you get, that's not even talking about up front. <laughs> you get to up front and you have Matthews and Eichel and Patrick Kane, of course. Kyle Connor, Max Pacioretty, who is the fourth line left wing on this roster that Emily Kaplan has put together. So just as you said, with respect to Canada, it is the same with respect to the U.S., an absolute embarrassment of riches. 
a lot of firepower uh, up front. Yeah. Uh, Alex DeBrinkett and and uh, as you said, Kyle Connor and and Max Pacioretty uh, uh, and and uh, the sandpaper kind of guys uh, are not here. Chris Kreider, no. who you might think uh, his speed might be valuable uh, and and uh, and grit. Um, so this is, um, and, and I guess we were talking about Montreal Canadians. Uh, this is where you might think, uh, a Jeff Petrie, uh, particularly mm-hmm. with him, uh, slated to play top pairing minutes for Montreal this, this coming, uh, fall. Uh, but looking at the back end of, of the USA yeah. team, it's going to be tough for J- Jeff, uh, Petrie to, uh, make this lineup. It, yeah. I mean, right in front of him with, with right shot defensemen, I mean, you have John Carlson, Adam Fox, Seth Jones, and Charlie McAvoy, and it's it's hard to argue. Um, but again, as you said, it depends on how Jeff Petrie starts his season. Uh, but you know, when he's had to play that top pairing role without the sort of support that comes from having Shea Weber playing a lot of those demanding minutes, it hasn't necessarily gone as well for Jeff Petrie um, as he would like. So, you know, looking at looking at it that way, uh, it might be hard to envision a scenario where he does start off the season at a pace where he could displace one of those four guys. But it's not outside the realm of possibility either. But, yeah, it, it's, it's definitely a team. And, I mean, as you said, maybe not – as much sandpaper, but you have Matthew Kachuk. And when you have Matthew Kachuk, yeah, well, you've got a fighting true. chance. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You have a fighting chance. Yeah. Um, and Kevin Hayes is another name that's been mentioned yeah. at times. So, um, but, uh, and, and with respect to Canadians, again, um, I know that, that some Canadians fans thinking with their heart, and we understand that say, wait a minute, what about Cole Caulfield? Well, I think it's, it's not yet yeah. Cole Caulfield's time. And you have, uh, guys um, like Alex DeBrinkhead, who, yeah. who who he's compared to, who has done it better longer. Um, yes. So, uh, is there an opportunity for consideration for Cole Caulfield in 2026? Sure, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but this time around, uh, probably not his time. Yeah, and that's you know, it's it's a uh, it's an older players tournament, the Olympics. I mean, you get to that point, uh, and if the NHL players are allowed to go. You want to have the best that you have to offer. And yeah, Cole Caulfield, obviously tantalizing potential, but has it fully been realized to the extent of, of Alex Dabrinkat? And I think the answer there is no. Um, but but other players, Rick, uh, for the Canadians who figure to be a part of uh, these international teams. And the Canadians have a trio of Finnish forwards who, I mean, you, you could probably see all three of them maybe playing for team finland if things work out for for each of them but i think one that you could probably put there and and feel pretty confident about is yoel armia because he played so well in the playoffs on that fourth line he's got that big frame lots of versatility can do it in multiple different ways but you know you have yasperi kat kaniemi and arturi lekinen who are who are right there in that conversation that's right, and and uh, yes, Barry Kotkaniemi. It'll be interesting to see how he starts the season, where he starts the season in the Canadians mm-hmm. lineup, and whether that will affect, but uh, his participation in the Olympics. But um, you can see a case being made for him to be a fourth line center. Uh, there's yeah. some firepower on Team Finland as well with uh, Patrick Lina, mm-hmm. uh, Tevo Teravainen, Sebastian um, Aho, uh, Sebastian Aho, Miko Rantanen. Yeah, um, there's. Uh, you know, Yessi Pujarvi will be in there somewhere. 
Um, so this is uh, Capo Caco. Uh, yeah. There's there's going to be uh, an opportunity, I think, for consideration for Kotkaniemi and, and uh, Armia uh, for their 2022 Olympic participation. If not, for sure, uh, Kotkaniemi is another one that, that would be uh, a good good bet for 2026. Absolutely, yeah, and the, the future is definitely bright uh, for Yasperi Kotkaniemi. So we'll we'll set that aside for the future. But uh, another guy, Rick, who has just recently left the organization, and Thomas Tatar, who who figures to be a, a part of, of Team Slovakia. Yeah, I think I think it's yeah, um, that might be a that's an easy one. Is is yeah. Thomas Tatar to <laughs> to add to Slovakia? Um, Russia um, is it too early for Alexander Romanov? Maybe. Maybe. Um, you got to see him as again part of 2026, but uh, an uh, an outside chance uh, for Romanov to be uh, part of the Russian team for 2022. Yeah. So after you know, of course, I think you can say that Carey Price will be representing the Montreal Canadiens in the Olympics. After that, there are some there are some cases that can be made, but they get a little bit a little bit dicey after the certainty of of Carey Price being there for Team Canada. So. Uh, but Rick, of course, uh, as, as we said, I mean, we just wrapped up the summer games the, that were supposed to happen in 2020. They just finished up. And now here we are talking about the Winter Olympics that are slated to start in February of 2022. It's just absolutely, absolutely wild. But but you love it. And the Olympics, if NHL players are there, I mean, that's going to be best on best huge. hockey, best on best hockey. And, and that's uh, something we haven't seen for a while and, and uh, would be very, very exciting. Yeah, and the opportunity that might exist to see Sidney Crosby, Connor McDavid play together on the same team, like that is just, that's tantalizing. If we get that, then I think that we've had, uh, you know, uh, it's it's been pretty nice. You know, you <laughs> can't sure. argue with that. Uh, so, Rick, we will take our final break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. When we come back, uh, we've, we've got some clips that we're going to play after some successful events that were held this past week. So stay with us here on the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. The Canadians Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fan ink. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The team at All Habs wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. If you're a business owner looking for the perfect platform to reach a targeted audience of customers, Rocket Sports Media is the solution. Our global hockey community provides unmatched social media reach to an attentive demographic of sports and entertainment fans. We can provide visibility to your company, helping you to engage and leverage this prime group of potential clientele. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. 
Visit rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, their affiliates, and their prospects, log in to allhabs.net, your year-round resource for anything Habs-related. That's allhabs.net. And welcome back to episode 150 of the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And Rick, uh, we've talked throughout this episode about the great headlines posts that are being put out at allhabs.net uh, Tuesday through Friday. You've got Chris's notepad that comes out on Monday. Mm-hmm. And of course, you have the Habs fan forum on the All Habs YouTube account, and you get Ben Danku and, and his reactions, which are always great, to the goings-on surrounding the Montreal Canadiens. And of course, as we mentioned as well, AHL.Report, great place to catch up on AHL news, and the Press Zone podcast as well. So some great content coming out all across the uh, Rocket Sports media, All Habs, all of it. <laughs> now we're getting ready for the uh, upcoming uh, season. Uh, and we're going to uh, we're going to encourage you to do the same. And w- the way you can do that is to subscribe, subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast, this podcast, whatever um, player you're listening uh, to us in, whatever uh, a podcast app you use, hit the subscribe button. And that way you'll be ready for the season. You'll get the episodes coming to you. Make sure that you subscribe to our sister podcast, the, the Press Zone. Um, make sure you go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash allhabs, and subscribe to our YouTube channel. Then you'll get the fan reaction videos that that Ben does. Um, And also, uh, we want you to go to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash allhabs. That's the uh, fan page, our uh, Canadians fan page on Facebook. This past week, uh, we just passed the 49,000 mark in terms of, of fans, but we know that uh, that a lot more of you out are out there who use the page. We see the uh, engagements uh, that uh, aren't subscribed, and you'll, you'll just make your life a whole lot easier if you if you like the page, uh, so that uh, you'll you'll uh, you won't miss any of our content. So that's that's our message to you this week is uh, to to make use of all of the resources, subscribe, get yourself set up for the upcoming NHL season. Absolutely, yes, and there's so much to keep track of. And, and Rick, that's the, the great part of the headlines articles is, you know, there's not a whole lot of time in the day to be surfing through social media all day long, and those keep you up to date, and and all the posts on the All Habs fan page uh, serve the same purpose. Um, so, Rick, uh, this week um, there were a couple of events that were held uh, the Shannon Cody Memorial Golf Classic. We talked about that uh, as we concluded last week's episode, and, and that was uh, a success. A great success, and um, it it raised money for uh, the family and also for a scholarship for Shannon Cody. Shannon Cody was uh, a tireless worker, a, a guy yeah. with a beaming smile, uh, and everybody in the hockey world uh, seemed to know uh, Shaq as, as he was known. 
Um, he, he, uh, with respect to the Canadians, he was the equipment manager, um, for the, uh, the, um, uh, St. John's ice caps, uh, and, uh, and had, had been with the, the, uh, St. John's Maple Leafs and, and, fog devils. uh, the fog yeah. devils. And so his, uh, a lot of, a lot of, of, uh, NHLers uh, knew and loved uh, Shannon, and uh, who tragically uh, passed away in March. Um, so w- one of the things that we did was to reach out to players, um, many of the players who knew him, to put together a tribute uh, and to help the folks. Brian Rogers, our good friend Brian, yeah. um, the broadcaster with uh, the Newfoundland Growlers, um, and uh, we'll put together a tribute that was held at uh, his Memorial Golf Cur- uh, tournament this past week and one of those uh, tributes came from uh, Canadians uh, backup goaltender Jake Allen Hi it's Jake Allen from the Montreal Canadiens want to pass on my condolences to the Cody family with the loss of Shannon uh, aka Shaq Shaq was my uh, equipment manager when I played in the Quebec Major Junior League with the St. John Fog Devils you know first time away from home and uh, larger than life personality and you know just one hell of a guy and you know to be able to lose him the hockey world lost a giant and especially the community in newfoundland and st john's and uh, what he means to that city you know all the hockey teams that have been through that uh the province and in in the region over the years and uh he's definitely going to be sorely missed throughout the hockey world you can see the, the outgoing support uh, through social media uh, of what he truly meant um you know as a person equipment manager and and, and everything up and above and beyond so uh, rest in peace, Shaq, and uh, thanks for everything. Some great words there from yeah. um, Canadian's goaltender, Jake Allen. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah, larger than life personality was was absolutely the case uh, with Shannon. Um, so, so Rick, uh, Jake Allen, um, in addition to lending his, uh, sharing his thoughts uh, with respect to, to Shannon, uh, he also had a, a golf classic this week. It's uh, fascinating. On the same day, on yeah, Thursday, yeah. <laughs> um, in, in um, uh, just outside of uh, St. John's, was the uh, tournament for Shannon Cody in Fredericton, New Brunswick, uh, at the King at King Kingswood Golf Course. Uh, was uh, the Jake Allen Classic. Uh, this was his uh, the fifth uh, year uh, that he's uh, um, had his uh, in his hometown of Fredericton had a golf classic, a charity fundraiser they've uh, each year chosen a different uh, charity um, and over the years have uh, this this charities it's called program 34 that he's put together with his wife uh, that uh, that raises they help raise funds for uh, different projects this year it was uh, for the Chalmers Hospital Foundation to build uh, outdoor pediatric play space equipment in the hospital um, kids are are certainly uh, a priority for him and and uh, the, the golf tournament was on Thursday. On Wednesday, um, he had a uh, Q&A session for any minor league uh, hockey, pl- uh, hockey players that wanted to show up. And a bunch of kids showed up uh, to ask Jake questions and to uh, uh, have uh, merchandise signed and uh, a very successful uh, event rained to start the day on on Thursday, but that cleared up, and then they had uh, 36 teams with 144 golfers, uh, which was uh, spectacular uh, for uh, for the day. And uh, yeah, uh, great cause uh, with for Jake Allen, and and uh, yeah, 
tremendous stuff. Um, so Rick, um, uh, so we'll just we'll just yeah. play uh, uh, Jake. Hen- yeah. We we got a clip from Jake uh, talking about his own event as well. Yeah, and we've found ways to give back through a golf tournament, as it's the easiest way for me to, during the summer months. And you know, we've generated over three hundred forty-five thousand through uh, four events, and this will be our first event. Uh, would have been our sixth due to COVID, but uh, you know, we're trying to surpass that four hundred thousand dollar mark. And you know, we've been very diverse with our beneficiaries. We've you know, we've gone all different avenues. You know, we're trying to reconstruct the pediatric wing play center for kids that are unfortunately in the hospital and make their stay as best as possible. So I think with this uh, this funding that we can create tomorrow, uh, I'm hopefully put them over the edge this year i'm really looking forward to it like actually get a full experience and playing in montreal and being close to home and having people can you know take an eight-hour drive up and see us covered a lot of ground there but uh both about his event and then talking Mm -hmm. about uh how he's really looking forward to this season we remember uh jake allen hasn't yet experienced uh a full bell center uh in, in a home jersey so um he encourages uh, his fellow um, New Brunswickers to uh, mm-hmm. make that eight-hour drive and come up and see him um, when he gets the start in Montreal, and um, yeah. that's uh, that's just uh, great news that that he's so positive. The other thing I'll mention before, um, and I said uh, at the top of the show that I'd I'd give you some details uh, before we go is yes. about our Rocket Sports Fantasy Leagues, uh, Fantasy Sports. Uh, very popular, and we know that uh, that that our fan base is is into both fantasy football and fantasy hockey. Right now, we're we're registering for uh, f- uh, fantasy football uh, with the NFL season coming up. Uh, we have, I believe, it's four leagues. Uh, they're very competitive. We've had uh, folks with us for. Uh, about 10 years or so, um, but we have a couple of spots open. And if you're interested, reach out to us, reach out to us on on uh, any of the social media platforms. Reach out to us uh, by email, info at allhabs.net, or our Rocket Sports uh, text line at 5853-ROCKET. We'd love to have you join us uh, either for uh, fantasy football, which we're organizing now, or um, fantasy hockey is going to be coming up very soon. So just let us know mm-hmm. what you're interested in playing. We'll g- gladly find you a spot. Absolutely. Yeah. And in the words of Bob Cole, everything is happening and that is what uh, the sports world is right now. There's a lot going on. And of course, seasons that are just about to begin and that's the perfect time to start preparing for some fantasy sports. So definitely. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to participate, do what Rick just said. Uh, <laughs> so, Rick, uh, with that said, um, we will wrap this podcast up for this week. We'll be back next week discussing all things Montreal Canadiens. So thank you for tuning in to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.